We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. I think he may be the most overrated, like, world-class player. Like, I just don't... It's hard to say the sentence overrated and then followed by world-class. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. A big welcome back to me, Mike Gottlieb. Uh, we are finally going to review Game Week 38 of the Premier League. No, we're not. Sorry. Uh, we're not going <laughs> to review Game Week 38 of the Premier League season. Uh, we are in off-season mode, kind of. Uh, we will probably discuss some shenanigans, uh, but what we're really here to do is to uh, preview the Euros that are coming up later today, meaning Friday. So... Get ready for that. Uh, I have some notes. I actually took some notes about players that I will be looking for um, as far as team. You, you know, we actually have a DraftKings lineup we're going to talk about for Saturday's slate. Uh, lots to get to. And with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, nice to talk to you again. Yeah, I like how you started the podcast welcoming yourself back. That's right. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Um <laughs> The I had full intentions of having some Copa America discussions as well, and yeah. um, we are doing a lot of things behind the curtain at Rotowire in terms of our soccer coverage that have 
kept me from doing that. But um, I'll say it on the podcast so that I can actually follow up on it. Um, we're supposed to have Jordan Cooper on, um, who's been a, a solid supporter of our podcast and of Rotowire Soccer, and he is a pretty um, pretty good uh, DFS player at that. So uh, we're, we're going to have him. Uh, hopefully in the next uh, few days. But um, again, it's my flakiness that is the reason we haven't had more podcasts uh, in the last few weeks. But hopefully Euros can get us back back on track. Well, I'm certainly uh, recovering from Copa America fever if I sound exhausted. Uh, but it will not deter my Euros anticipation, the tournament that I'm truly excited for. Uh, but let's start, actually, you know, let's start with Copa America. We were just talking about this off uh, right before we started the podcast, but um, I think one of the worst places, by the way, to watch a soccer match is on a crowded airplane, which is what I was doing yesterday. So uh, when Edison Cavani in the 88th minute, I believe it was, missed that wide open chance from the penalty spot and I made an audible oh, gasp and the three people sleeping next to me decided to get very angry with me. <laughs> uh, I really I really questioned my decision of watching that on an airplane instead of something like million dollar listing New York. Uh, I have yet to fly. I mean, I don't fly that much anyway, but I have yet to fly on an airline with TVs. So I've never experienced live TV on an airplane before. So the way that this airline does it is you don't actually have a screen in front of you, like in the like embedded in the headrest. You use your computer and you connect to a website and the website has it streaming there for free. That's brilliant. That's better. Now, they also have this boondoggle on this airline, which I won't mention the name of, but it's $8 for Wi-Fi. And then it's when, when you connect, you can then get no other website because the internet is so slow. Yeah, I, um, where did I go? Oh, when I went to the Final Four, I bought the, um, the Southwest uh, internet. You're and, trying not to mention... Well, I'm not, I'm not mentioning your flight. I'm mentioning my flight. Oh, okay. And uh, I had... It was basically, I mean, they make it very clear that like streaming anything is dumb to expect on a flight. And when you think about it, there was a great, uh, was it Louis C.K.? Yes, yes. Yeah. Can't, can't, can't you just marvel at the fact that right. you are flying? Right. <laughs> and the whole going, you know, it's going to space and coming back and all that yeah, stuff. That, yeah, that's, that, that's the cell phone signal. Can you give it oh, a that's second? Oh, that's right, that's right. Can you give it a second? Yeah. It's going to space. Yeah. Anyway. So oh, um, I kind of had that in my head as I was uh, uh, flying and thinking to myself, this isn't going to be very good. And I essentially ended up just following whatever it was on Twitter. But the idea of streaming something through an internet connection on a plane, I I can't imagine that works that well. And so, so uh, I understand yeah, okay. why JetBlue works because you have the TVs and it goes through a direct TV satellite. But yeah, uh, well, uh, JetBlue also now has um, their own Wi-Fi on the plane, which is also free. Hmm. Or sorry, none of this stuff is free. Yeah, it's none incorporated of, none into free. your ticket price. Right. Um, but it's provided for you at no additional charge, I guess. <laughs> Um, after the eight dollar extra charge, and, and I have de- I have definitely streamed. Well, they, they give you Amazon. Uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can stream off of Amazon Prime. Wow! On JetBlue, including oh, movies. Interesting. So uh, we, this, this all came up. I <clears throat> explained to people that there's um, an annual RotoWire trip um, that is in Vegas, and we do it over the Major League All Star break because there's no sports. There's going. nothing else going on. 
and I, without thinking of what else could be going on, then I booked my flight for the exact time as the Euro final. And I'm not, I believe I'm flying Delta and I, um, not sure how I'm going to follow that match. It's like, we're doing a ton of work well, if, into it and if, I won't be if able Delta, to watch. If Delta wants some, some extra positive, uh, That's marketing, right. Uh, hook hook Andrew up flight <laughs> with some with some with a flight with TVs on it. Yeah, just anything where I can not buffer, not have to worry about buffering a match that's being played thousands of miles away. All right. Well, we'll get to the Euros in a bit. Let's. Uh, let, so we'll talk about Copa now. We'll continue to co- talk about Copa because this all started when I was talking about my Cavani story on the airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, you were saying that you think that he is the most. And this is a phrase that I can't quite put my hands around. Um, the most overrated world-class player. I think it's hard to be overrated when you concede that he's world-class. Um, that is the phrase I used, and I will maintain that that's the phrase I meant to use. Uh, I just don't think that he—I mean, he—he he could he will start for any team that he plays for, and. I think we've kind of used that as our definition of world-class. It, it, I think, obviously, there's no true definition of world-class, and people kind of use it uh, for different things. But you and I have kind of, a, a long time ago on the podcast, uh, discussed that basically if you are a player who would start for any team, uh, then you would be considered world-class. And while that may not apply to Cavani, as I'm thinking, like, I don't think he'd start at Barcelona. But, but anyway... He has had the benefit of playing with some very good players, and I don't think that he necessarily is somebody that can put a team on his back, as we've seen with Uruguay now out of Copa America, uh, with Cavani leading that charge without uh, Luis Suarez. And so uh, I've just always considered him overrated in that respect, in that you know he gets put well, on this. When he was at Napoli, he was amazing. Uh but they but ultimately they they weren't that great like he's not he's not lifting them to where other world class players would lift their teams and so uh yes he was obviously great cuz it landed him a deal at PSG but uh i'd like to as we were saying before the podcast it'll be interesting to see what happens with him at PSG this year now that ibrahimovic is not there uh you brought in the shenanigans that neymar is going there which um well, I do think Neymar will end up there one day. It's, I don't think it's now. Um, I forget who it was. Either his dad or some relative was saying that he needs to go to PSG in order to win the um, Champions League. No, I'm blanking on the award. Balloon, um, Ballon d'Or. Ballon d'Or. Thank you. Um, and the Balloon d'Or. The, right, the Balloon d'Or. Um, so, and I think that's actually right. Uh, he'll never win it if he's a teammate of Messi. And I'm not sure he'll ever even be ahead of Suarez. So, so if he can, you know, do what he does at Barcelona elsewhere, you might get a little more credit for it to win the balloon of the year. But uh, I don't know. Of the world. Of the world, excuse me, right. So, uh, but I don't think it's going to happen now. And so we're going to, I think basically Cavani is going to be exposed. Uh, I don't think he'll be exposed, at least not in the French League. Not in Liga. But why hasn't he dominated before that? When you play next to Zlatan, Zlatan tends to get a lot of the attention. And it's not like he hasn't done anything. He scored a, he scored a decent amount. And he also plays out wide, which is not his natural position. 
Right. So maybe this year we'll see what happens. <laughs> but is he even the second best? He's not even the second best player in his team. Is he even the third best player on that team? Who are you calling the second best player on that team? Di Maria. Um, I'm not sure if I'm with you there. Wow. You think Cavani is better than Angel Di Maria? Uh, they do different things. They do different things. Edison Cavani opens up a lot of space for Angel Di Maria to do what he needs to do. You can't leave Edison Cavani alone. You just can't. You could last night. <laughs> they did. <laughs> anyway, that's a lot of talk about a guy that makes no. So anyway, um, so when Arsenal was linked to him, I was like, please don't. Like, I no. He no. scored. He scored 19 goals in 32 games this this past season. Uh huh. And 18 the season before yeah. at PSG. Yeah. He's actually increased his goal total every season. Yeah. And I mean, in his three years at Napoli, he scored 26, 23, and 29. I mean, this guy he scores goals. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how. I really don't, I don't think I really, he. I don't think he deserves to be in the in the discussion of the top forwards in the league in the world. Excuse me. I think that the Messi's and Suarez and Neymar are light years ahead of him. I think you would, you wouldn't that's find not, anybody who took that's Robert Lewandowski I mean, ahead of him or behind him. I think he's. I think more, you take Iguain yeah, ahead of him. Yeah, you, there, there's the comparison I was just about to make. I think it's uh, him and Iguain. That's where I mean, that's where he sits. Yep. And I don't think that's unreasonable, and that's why no one's bidding fifty nine million pounds or whatever his release clause is. Yeah, no one's bidding that, and I think he's rated right where he should be. Okay. I just think I think you're putting an expectation on him that's not realistic. I think you think that he thinks, or that the world thinks that he's Neymar esque, or you know even Lewandowski esque, and I don't think that's what people think of him. Okay. I think, and it's and it's unfortunate that both at club and at international level, he is dwarfed by one of the few forwards that is better than him. <laughs> right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, you know, if he played for Italy, for example, he would be he would be exalted. I mean, Italy can't score; they cannot score. They need him. Yeah. So, and also, it it doesn't help. And this is Cavani, by the way, sixteen, eighteen, and nineteen goals at PSG. Playing at a position he doesn't play. Like I said, we get to see it now, or next, you know, this upcoming <laughs> season. <sighs> Fine. Copa America thoughts for the United States in which we live. Uh, we had a nice conversation, or you had mostly. I chimed in once, but you uh, are Jeff Erickson, <laughs> Pianowski, and was it Kevin Payne as it was, well? Yes. Uh, you guys are having a nice, lovely conversation about how to replace Jurgen Klinsmann uh, at zero zero, and then by the time it got to three uh, zero, everyone was very happy with Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah, we signed him up for an extension. Yeah. <laughs> um, by I, the way, the only person who came up with realistic expectations for result uh, for replacements was me. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I don't know who the replacement is. I think that's ultimately why I'm not the biggest like we need to fire a Klinsmann person. I vote, you know. I understand people who want changes, but if you can't come up with a name, then it's difficult to do that. And so well, I tend not my, to go too I, crazy about it. What I think would be a really good progression here, and it's not necessarily a replacement, but Tab Ramos has done a good job with the youth development. And I think promoting um, promoting Klinsman to like head of operations 
you know, that is the, the problem. I know is he that, has that title. Right. That's the problem. Uh, is that but take let, let, let Ramos do the first team coaching. And what Klinsman has been very good at is getting young players to commit to the United States. Uh, I completely agree with you there. Um, and I think uh, I forget who was even talking about it, but um, I was going to say men and blazers, but I don't think it was them. But ultimately, I think that's right. I think that Klinsman should be in charge. Essentially, you know, if you put it in the pro sports team uh, idea, he should be the GM. And, he should be Pat Riley. And, right, right. Um, because, like you said, he's he's been very good at finding guys who have, uh, you know, some sort of ability to play for us that don't necessarily grow up here. And so uh, some of them have turned out, you know, you're not going to hit on all of them. Uh, obviously, um, you know, guys like John yeah. Brooks have turned out well and Julian Green is still kind of a work in progress. But the uh, even going back to Germany, um, he he I mean, he definitely had his successor in place in Joachim Lowe. Mm-hmm. He also, he did the same thing in Germany too. He got some players from Turkey to commit to Germany, namely Mesut Ozil, Ilki Gundogan. Um, there's one more too. I just, I, I'm blanking on it. I think it's Emery Chan. Um, they're all Turkish born and they had a choice and they chose Germany. Uh, that also helps that Germany is a powerhouse. And if you have a chance to start for Germany, you tend to do it. You, oh, sure. I, I, I think of Julian Green, but in reverse. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, well, we could look at it as at um, uh, at Rossi, who you know had the opportunity to play for Italy back when he was you know thirteen, and you take that opportunity. It's the same same idea. So, but anyway, yes, Klinsman has done a great job of bringing these guys in, and I think uh, we just not that you need to coach this team to to make everybody happy, but. I think the difficulty is that there's just so much, uh, so many opportunities to question what he's doing, and there are enough negative results that people get angry about it. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, Tab Ramos is a decent one only because he's been familiar with the whole process. And um, I don't know if our youth claims are really dominating since we didn't even make the Olympics. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's, the appropriate role for Klinsman is, uh, you know, the equivalent of whatever the technical director is, and then let somebody else coach that first team. The fact yeah. that everybody went crazy because he kept the same lineup from both games, and it was only—I think it was only the second time he's ever done that. I mean, that's crazy. Well, I don't—I don't like that lineup because you're asking Clint Dempsey to do stuff he doesn't like to do, and he scored his goal on a penalty, so it's not like it's—you mm. know—it's not like it was free-flowing play that got him the goal. He's not. That's not what he likes to do. He's not a back-to-goal kind of guy. He's a late runner. Yeah, and putting Wood out wide. I mean, you saw Wood's goal came when he was in the middle. That's where he should be. So, and, and, and Zardis has just been awful. What's 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 interesting to me is they have the pieces there. Uh, you know, it, 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 the problem is they don't have a left back not named Fabian Johnson. Yeah. If they had anyone that was anything remotely competent. You can put that guy out at left back and move Johnson all the way up to left wing and then yeah. put Pulisic on the right to set up Bobby Wood and then have Dempsey drop off a little bit. Do you play Bedoya in the middle too? Perhaps. I, would kinda, like, I think I like Bedoya more than most people do though. Yeah, I'm not a huge Bedoya fan, so mm-hmm. it's not uh, – I think he's scrappy. I think he's uh, – he. I think he causes a lot of problems, but I don't think he's particularly talented. Okay. I that's 
one one man's opinion. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just think that Christian Pulisic is ready. He's ready to play now. Looks it. Looks yeah, it. yeah, and not just for the U.S. when he's played. He also looked it for uh, for Borussia Dortmund, who is, you know, whenever he plays, he does well. That's yeah, I th- of- yeah, I think people. Somebody made a comment during the first game that just to settle expectations on him because he's played more than 45 minutes for Dortmund three times. So, I mean, I think we were very good at making bigger deals out of guys who may not quite be ready yet. And he's 17, which is nuts. But he's ready. I don't care what I don't care what age he is. He's ready. Okay. You put him in. Uh, if you're it, it, it's not their best lineup. They're not doing what they do best. And that that's kind of, there's, he, he's trying to force a system on the players instead of, you know, sorry, forcing the players into a system rather than forcing a system onto. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Putting the players in the best position to win. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm tired. No, <laughs> it's been a long evening. Yeah. Uh, and it's morning. So, uh, yeah, it, it's the U.S. I think they still have a lot of work to do if they want to actually advance at, in this tournament it, to any kind of meaningful in any kind of meaningful way like anything like a semi-final or something like that i don't think anyone expects them to win it even though they're hosting it and something that i've noticed there are two crowds that have been bigger than the u.s in the u.s well that opening match was clearly a columbia dominant 60 40 columbia oh i was gonna even say bigger than that but it was reported about 60 40 yeah and then mexico mexico's crushing it it may as well be in mexico yeah, that Rose Bowl yesterday was that was a sight to see. The entire thing was green. Yeah, it was. It, it was. I mean, I, it translated even through crappy audio from an airline broadcast. <laughs> yeah, they look really good. Really good. <laughs> that or that Oribe Peralta goal, mm. like an accidental pass, <laughs> looked like a scuff shot. Just happens to roll into the right side in, yeah. into the side netting yeah. off the post. Yep. Yeah. El uh, El Sapillo, the brush. <laughs> But yeah, we uh, let me see if I can try to transition us here because uh, one of the things that we've seen with Copa America is, you know, guys that we're um, used to seeing doing things for their club teams, they don't necessarily do for their international ones. And so uh, those who are getting ready for Euros, you know, just because a guy, you know, is a high crosser for his club team doesn't necessarily mean he plays that same role for his for his international team. So um did you have somebody in mind? Uh, I I didn't, uh, which is funny since I went through that whole thing. But um, it's just important to recognize that that part. And so, uh, you know, when building lineups, if guys, if you're like, wow, this guy is a steal because you I know. know uh, I, I have someone in mind here. Um, so France opens up. I mean, they're not part of the DraftKings game, so we can talk about it now. Hmm. There is a Friday. But, they, they did open a Friday, Saturday slate. So those are the GPPs are smaller than the Saturday ones, though, so. Fine. We're not, for for we didn't we didn't play that one. Then. No, uh, but someone like a Dimitri Payet mm-hmm. may not have the ball as much as he does at yep. West Ham. Even totally. though he is still very important to France's team, he will take those free kicks. In fact, he scored a beautiful free kick for France in their last qualifier. No, in their last friendly. Yeah, I'm not sure he starts. I'm pretty sure he starts. I'm not. I'm not sold that he starts, which is nuts. But I'm not sure he does. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sold. Who does he start in front instead of? Martial? No, Marci- Martial would be up front with Coman uh, and oh no no uh, and Giroud and Griezmann behind them. Griezmann, but I, I, he's the guy who may not start. Oh, that's nuts. Oh, because because Griezmann, no, because they only play one forward at a time. 
Uh, I think they're going to start. A or they could Griezmann on the right instead of Combs. I, I, I think it's going to be Griezmann, Martial, and, and Giroud. It's fair. And I'm it's not fair. sure Payet really works behind them like that. But 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 this is what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, th- thank you for getting me. Get, get, this is teamwork here. You did half the transition. I, <laughs> I brought it home. <laughs> so congratulations. Yeah. Um, kudos all around. So you know, it's a, it, there's going to have to be some wait and see with this with these euros, and I'm pretty sure, and the pricing reflects that a little bit. There's a little bit of wait and see on some of this pricing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we also. Um... You know, we we tend to like guys on favorites, as weird as that sounds. But uh, I think in international play, you can kind of um, disregard that. Like we, as we saw, you know, last night with Venezuela beating uh, Uruguay, they we yeah. these matches. I think a lot of the matches will be closer than people think. I, the the opening ones, there's some obviously some uh, lopsided ones. Switzerland's going you know expected to crush Albania, but um, you know we. There are plenty as of, such. Yeah, exactly. But um, you know, there's still plenty of, of fantasy points to be had everywhere, and so I agree. Um, uh, and something that I there's also no home road split you have to worry about because everybody other than everybody. France is on the road. Correct. Uh, my one thing I did notice about the Copa is that the star players tend to show up. They mm. tend to get on the score sheet or be involved, like Cavani. <sighs> Walked right into that one. I did. Actually, you know what? He got a lot of shot points. Uh, you know, he, <laughs> for fantasy's sake, he got a lot of points. Mm, yeah, I love paying ten grand for five and, shots and for crosses. Uh, and he also got crosses too. Cavani also got a couple crosses in too. Yeah, which don't even count as much anymore. But no, but they still count for seventy five percent of what they used to. It's not like it's a total <laughs> yeah. total drop in in value. Mm-hmm. Still want crosses more than you would want assists right. taken. You know, right. assist getters. Yeah. So um, specifically with Euros, uh, just the way that the schedule breaks down, like they're you're going to have to hit on your stars um, because there are a lot of them. I mean, you're you obviously get the best players in the you know in your the best european players playing for their national team so you know when you look at um well i think there's value to be had oh i'm um, absolutely absolutely and, and, but it's almost I, like you I, can't I, miss on your on your top price because people who take the other top price guys will pay off like obviously that i have a i have a list of 13 players that i am i, I expect to see them on my teams if they start okay okay so, uh, would you like to hear the list? Actually, you know what? Let's. I was going to say, uh, who do you think wins? Who do you think wins have, the whole? I have thing? Germany winning. Yeah. Which means they've now officially lost. Yeah, darn. I kind of like them too, but now. No, so I mean, uh, I think I sent. I, I definitely sent you the link to this. I don't know if you actually signed up for it, uh, but a, a buddy of mine does this does this challenge, and he basically groups teams by you know likelihood to win. And you pick one from each group, and who you know you, you get points for you get points for points like uh, points got p- points received from a game and also total goals scored, and the two and the teams from group the two lowest groups so in this case groups five and six they score double points so you have to so you know and they're the teams least likely to win. Okay. What I found interesting is he only had three teams in group one, so like the the big favorites, huh. and he has five teams in group two. Yeah. So and then everyone else, I believe, has four. But who, who, do you the, think, who do you think? Who do you think? the leaders in Group One? I was just about to say. I would, I would say it's France, Germany, and uh, I was, 
I was going to say Spain, but I think it might be Belgium. I would have. I, I, it is Spain. Okay. And I would have put Belgium in. Yeah. Uh, actually, I would have put Belgium in Group One with no problem. The fact that you can choose Belgium plus another team, I think right. that's going to be the most common thing done. Probably. Especially when you consider that Group Two is Belgium, Croatia, England, Italy, Portugal. Italy, who can't score goals. Yeah. Portugal, who really can't score goals outside of one person. England, who traditionally struggles to get far in tournaments. And Croatia, who's Croatia. Yeah. Yeah. Croatia, I think, is very underrated, though. Not that they're going to win the whole thing, but... There are a lot of people's favorite uh, for two reasons. One, because there are some players that you know, but most that you don't. And right. two, because of those checkerboard uniforms. <laughs> right. All oh, people love the checkerboard kits. Um, what I found interesting, though, was uh, group three, I think it's the hardest one to pick from because there are three teams that I really like out of this group, and it's Austria, Poland, Russia, and Switzerland. Outside of Russia, I think those three teams are spot on the same in terms of chances. I think that I, I agree with you. That is good. Uh, and there, and, okay, man. Austria with uh, with Alaba and with um, Arnautovic. Yeah. Oh, sorry, and Christian Fuchs. Yep, yep. All yeah. there. Uh, Poland with actually Poland has one guy on my list actually, mm. not not Robert Lewandowski, Levin, not Lewandowski, but his striking partner. Man, I'm going to screw this up. Arkit <laughs> Milik. Arkadjus Milik. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, he he's. He's, he's providing assists and he's chipping in with some goals and he's learning how to play with Lewandowski. I think he's learned how to play with Lewandowski. Lewandowski, by the way, who I uh, believe, yeah, he was the top goal scorer yes. in Euro qualifiers. In qualifiers, yeah. I think so, he had five against somebody. It helps. It helps when you score five in one game. Yeah. It was against a powerhouse too, like San Marino or Gibraltar yeah. or someone like that. Yeah. But there's there's definitely lots of talent spread around, and as we get to these teams, if we don't get to the uh, if we don't get to the teams uh, that the beast players are from my list, I'll just add them on at the end, and then we'll uh, you know let's do our dra- let's do our DraftKings now, shall we? Unless you want to continue. do you want to preview every team? No, we don't want to preview. No, every let's work out the show on the show, hours. shall we? <laughs> so it's a rotowire way. That's right. I think I mean, I'm you already, already brought notes. We're already well ahead of what we that's usually right. do. That's right, and they may be, they may even be accurate. Um, wow. But the last two groups, by the way, like you know, you know, I'm going to go through these last two groups. I want to know who you would pick from these two groups because these are the like the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. Uh, Czech Republic, Iceland, Romania, Slovakia. Um, I would take. Hmm. I would. Probably take Iceland. That's who I took. That's who I took um, with a only slightly over Slovakia. Yeah, I was Slovakia was the one I was considering. Marek Hamšík, who plays for Slovakia, he is a do-it-all kind of midfielder. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, the fact that they have Adam Nemec starting for oh. them—that's that's what ultimately keeps me from. <laughs> From picking them. As someone who watched NYCFC for like ten games last right. season in person, I'm done with Nemec. Yeah, he's yeah. Garbage. <laughs> yeah. Hot Slovakian garbage. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh and T and also the only other player of note is Peter Czech from the Czech Republic. Right. Which is just a great coincidence. Yes, right. <laughs> All right. Uh group six, Albania, Hungary, Republic of Ireland, and Northern Ireland. Um 
this is the lowest of the lowest group. Yeah, I I don't know if I would take uh, the Republic of Ireland just because I know a lot of those guys. Like, I don't know if I'm swayed by that. But, like, they have some decent players on that team. Um, Robbie Brady. Yeah, Brady, Seamus Coleman, Shane Long, Robbie, Robbie Keane. Yeah, I mean, uh, your boy Shane Wes Houlihan. I mean, th- these are guys we know, so at least you, you can get an idea. Like, th- those aren't horrible there, players. Yeah. There are a couple of Northern Irishmen, too. Yeah, so uh, that's true. Um, but, yeah, but yeah I, I would go with the Republic of. I went with Hungary. Only because they had the higher FIFA international ranking. Right, yeah. <laughs> no other reason. Okay. That and there, there was a website potentially sponsoring this, and I just want to have fun with the Hungary games more if I can. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's get to okay. our DraftKings, uh, our DraftKings lineup for Saturday's slate. Uh, uh, I will go first with my one goalie, and I actually have three defenders. Um, I took a defender in the utility spot. Okay. okay. Wow. So I have Wayne Hennessy. Oh, this is the so the three games that we're picking from are Albania, Switzerland, mm-hmm. Wales, Slovakia, and England, Russia. Right. Those I are started three off Saturday I, games. I have. I just want to know how many Premier League players do I have on this? One, two, three, four, five. I have five Premier League players in my lineup. How okay. about you? Um, sorry, I was pulling up my lineup. I have three. Okay, cool. We'll have some differences. Three. I have Wayne Hennessy in goal for Wales. Uh, and I did the stack. I did the Welsh stack and had Ben Davis, who was awesome mm-hmm. when he played for Spurs. And I think he will serve the same role for Wales. Yeah. So, Is it not Davies? Ben Davies. Ben. Yeah. Ben Davies. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've it, heard multiple people say Davis, and I'm like, Is this like an accent thing that I'm? Well, I mean. It, Sometimes it's pronounced Davis, sometimes it's pronounced Davies. All right. But I had him at one point. And... Multiple Daves. Yeah. How's that? <laughs> All right. Uh, and Kyle Walker uh, as my, as another defender. Mm-hmm. And then in the utility spot, a defender who I know will be getting forward, someone who takes penalties for his club team even, uh, and does his and does their set pieces. I'm not sure if we'll do the set pieces for Switzerland, but Ricardo Rodriguez mm. may take the penalties. Yeah. Um, I have Rodriguez also. Uh, I actually went. So why did you go with a Wales stack? Basically? Cheaper. Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, Jan Sommer is a fine goalkeeper for Switzerland, who I'm assuming you went with. Um, I did, yeah. Um, but I mean, I saved. I mean, I don't have to. Uh, I wound up having twelve hundred dollars remaining, but I wanted to see what the lineup would look like, and I actually like it. I, I was going to say, I um, I have six hundred dollars remaining, and there are two spots in my lineup that I don't like, and I'm basically hoping for. Um, some sort of extreme value to come out. Obviously, it's probably not going to happen. But basically, um, so I went with Summer, uh, Rodriguez, and um, Licksteiner. So I base I went all oh, Switzerland. Wow. Yeah, you sold out. Um, the the fullbacks there just they're active enough uh, in the attack. Yeah. And I think Albania, I think Licksteiner will be not as active. I'm I'm not sure they don't. Well, yeah. Either way, I, the way that I the issue that I came up with with my Euro lineup is that I couldn't end up saving enough to to really upgrade where I wanted to upgrade, if that makes any sense. So I basically ended up with my 600 bucks, and it could be more, but, you know, once the lineups come out. The difficulty is that we, you know, unlike the Premier League, uh, much more like Major League Soccer, you know, you the games are scattered, 
so you don't get all of the lineups or most of the lineups in right away so you know if you're going to end up trying to tinker with the england russia lineup and the guy you have in there doesn't start you're kind of stuck because you have nobody left and we have kind of seen this now that DraftKings is back to the eight-man lineup that you end up having to take a guy you really don't want only because he's starting uh, and you end up with you know two thousand bucks left but anyway so i went with those three because it just wasn't it wasn't going to lead to um enough uh, value elsewhere which is why essentially i paid up for them uh, i ended up with a defender who is listed as a midfielder that i took um which i'll use to just segue in is dmitry kambarov from russia who is really he's a bit of high crossing defender but they have him as a as a midfielder so um i kind of have taken that i believe he had the second most so rodriguez had the most crosses in euro qualifying and kambarov was second um england's a a fairly heavy favorite but yeah that's um, kind of the reason why i didn't go that route i thought i get about it that. Yeah, go ahead um going. i get that uh ultimately i didn't i didn't love any of the english midfielders um which is why uh in addition to kambarov i went with jordan shakiri and I have Aaron Ramsey in my utility spot. Uh, Ramsey takes all corners for Wales, which is something he doesn't do for Arsenal. So anybody who's looking at that 8,100 and thinking you would never pay that for a guy who's so goal dependent, he actually has a very safe floor, um, at least for yeah. someone like this. I so like, I like one English midfielder. If you, uh, it's, it, it, and I have a pivot here in case he doesn't start. Yeah, I just, I, I guess I just think that they are. All of them are basically goal dependent, I think. Um, the only nope. one that may have a floor, I think, is James Milner, and I'm not yeah. sure he starts. And yep. I think Ro- I think Rooney might be taking the corners. Well, and if Rooney takes know, the corners, Milner has no Milner, value. Milner is the midfielder I have in there now, and I also have Shakiri. Yeah, um, but I have enough money left over to get Ramsey if I needed, or Merrick Hampshire, who I was mentioning before. Yeah. So uh, in Wales, they'll be a heavy favorite, but. No, they're not. That, no, it's it's actually that's the closest game of the three, and it's not that. That's fascinating. It's not that. Well, I mean, um, now that I've said that, I'm starting to question that. But I thought that one was fairly close. If that, if that's true, then I think there's value for Wales betting wise. Uh, as a favorite, well, yeah. they're still the favorite, but. Um, well, if the, if the anyway. Let me see here. Yeah, Wales is a slight favorite. It's 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 very close. I mean, it's almost that's, a pick em. That's ve- that's very interesting. Anyway, yeah. I, I have Milner and Shakiri, but, but since I have twelve hundred to spend, yep, I can pivot off of Milner if I need to, with no problems. Yeah, I I was much more comfortable paying the extra thousand for Ramsey than I am for Milner. Yeah, which is which is fine because I'm happy with both of my forwards. I'm very happy with both of my forwards, uh, provided if the second one starts. Right, right. Uh, so there, I think I think everyone and their and their mother will take Gareth Bale. In this slate, at I 9,800. I agree. Um, I agree. I, I'm assuming I you did as well. I didn't I, actually. Oh wow! Um, I also have uh, someone who I believe just came across the wire as Manchester United have actually won the bidding for this player, uh, Brielle Embolo. Oh yeah, I thought you were going to say Bale. I was like, wait, what? No, no, no. Brielle Embolo from uh, FC Basel. Yeah, right. Um, who is exciting? to watch yeah he's um the 10 goals and seven assists in 27 games uh, this past season and in europa he had two goals and two assists in eight games yep it's uh it's basically however like i think this is where you're gonna see people pivot is the switzerland 
forwards because you have Mbolo, you have um, Aaron Dirdioc, if that's how you pronounce it. I have Dirdioc. Okay, he's also he's also a statue. I mean, he doesn't um, move much. Right. Um, you have um, Admir Mahed Mahedmi. Memedi. <laughs> I don't know why I uh, Memedi is Memedi, right? Yeah. Um, and there's somebody else that I think I'm forgetting, uh, or maybe that's it. I, I I don't know of another one. If you know of one, uh, you'd be you'd be you'd be uh, you'd be educating me at this point. No, um, sorry, I'm basically just searching. There's there, there's Tarashai, Shani Tarashai. Mm. That's the only one I know of. Oh, it's uh, Safarovich. Se- that's who it is. Yeah, um, and all of them are in that five to sixty one hundred range, and so. Um, I basically, I, so who did you go with? Uh, I have Mbolo in there now, but it depends who starts. I really, I really wanted that one to be mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and who's, and who's your other forward? Jamie Vardy. I think enough people will try uh, to go with rumors, Harry Kane. There's rumors that he's being dropped from the lineup. Uh, well, if he gets dropped, I, I'm basically going to take the non Harry Kane English forward. Like 10, 10, eight for Harry Kane, who I've, I've paid 10-8 plenty of times for Harry Kane. That's and too high. Yeah, it's too high. Especially um, when Gareth Bale's 9-8. Right, right. The, the, the Bale thing, the only issue I have with Bale is uh, the fact that he literally finished playing like a week ago. <laughs> um, not that, you know, that really I think matters, that's actually the best thing. Is that is it? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. But Bale... He's fresh. Yeah, well, I don't know how fresh no, he is. No, no, no. He, he's not rusty. But if, if Sturridge rusty. starts... With Kane, I'm all over Sturridge. I doubt it's going to be Rashford. What I love, what I love, I won't is touch that Daniel Sturridge for about 17 months in a row has had a red letter next to his name on Japanese. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. But I, I, I basically, I originally had Sam Vokes in, who's the other forward for Wales, and I just think that match is going to be a little tighter than than the others. And so yeah. I was willing to go with Vardy. I think you'll see plenty of guys going with um, Artem Zuba from Russia because... Because uh, he's tall. Well, it's just, you know, these English defenders aren't that great. Chris Smalling's banged up, so if he starts, you know, you have a basically hobbled one. Or you have John Stones, who's going to get sold for $800 billion this summer. Barely scratched scratch the lineup for Everton, so... I don't know. The, the England defense is not tight, so... I I understand people going at the Russia side. There's so many ways you can go. That that's it's amazing how many combinations you can make, like legitimate combinations you can make on a three game slate. It's awesome. Yeah, yep. You'll have to pivot. That's for sure. I'm I'm expecting to pivot. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, I have a list of players that we did not get yes. to because their games haven't started yet. Yes, let's do that. So the number one player that I would like to talk about is a player who I think can be just like Dimitri Payet but playing for Turkey, uh, Hakan Chahangu. Yeah, I always get a... It's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard ch- yeah. Chahangu. Yeah, Chahangu. Yeah, he's awesome. Chahanglu, Chahanglu. He's yeah. like a free kick beast too. Oh, good. He does not better than Payet. Yeah, anybody who just YouTube it and you'll see endless videos of him of his free kicks they're awesome they are they are fast they they bend they yeah they break ankles is what they do it's like the equivalent of like a of an Allen iverson crossover 
from back in the day in basketball. It, it just it makes people look silly. Yeah, if you're a free kick nut, just literally YouTube him and you hey, spend hours watching. It's awesome. And he and and he can he plays like he can play like the Mesut Ozil role for Turkey. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Dimitri Payet role. I mean, that's really what he does. He, he I, I would say less, but more. I would say more Payet because of the free kicks, but. I think he'll get a decent amount of assists as well in this tournament. Yeah, he's very good. That does not have a difficult group either. No. So, I mean, he he does play against... Actually, that's not true. He has a very difficult group. He has Croatia he and Spain. Yeah, Croatia and oh, Spain. Oh, yeah. But, well, yeah, but, we'll see how Spain works out. I think, they'll, I think they're going to be back with a vengeance. Yeah. All right. That Croatia uh, team's really good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, by the way, uh, Mbolo is 29 goals past two over the last two seasons mm. yeah he's good you know just we talked about him though i have two players from belgium that are not and these are all players that like, they're not they're not the main stars like you're not gonna you're not gonna hear much about them until you see them on the pitch i'd like to guess who they are go for it i think uh Nangalon is one of them no it is not oh wow he's not a fantasy guy oh not a fantasy guy he's a better much better real life player yes i know the rumors that he's been he's met with chelsea uh my guess is he's met with chelsea to say no I I understand the draw of going. Um, I don't. Not for not if I'm him. <laughs> I guess he has. I mean, well, unless unless he has a relationship with Conte. Um, it seems like everybody does, right? But if Just I got that first one wrong, then I'd like you to tell me who the others are. Uh, Yannick Ferreira Carrasco, oh, who had yeah. the best goal celebration I've ever seen. <laughs> No, it actually, it only would have been better if it was someone else's wife. <laughs> I just remember watching that. Uh, I was watching it with a friend oh. of mine. I was like, I wonder if that's his wife or his girlfriend or literally just some random girl in the crowd. Would have been would have been hilarious if it wasn't. Uh, My favorite and, was some everybody joking after the match that Ronaldo should have gone over and kissed her when they yes, won it. Yes, even better. Yeah, chaos, I want more chaos and more honest, uh, more honest uh, <laughs> expressions of, yeah. of 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 happiness on pitch. Anyway. And DeVries Mertens, who has yeah, looked Mertens tremendous. Really good, yeah. Oh, my God. And qualifying and in the friendlies, he has been the best player on the pitch almost at all times. Yeah, he's really good. I'm not sure Carrasco is going to start, though. Because of Mertens. It, it, it's, it's one of those two. Like, whoever starts opposite, yeah, they play the same position. No, no, no. Is it that both of, one of them is definitely starting? One has to start on the other side of Hazard. Cause, because De Bruyne will be in the middle. Oh, De Bruyne in the middle. Okay. Well, I mean, Mertens can play in the middle. He could, or Hazard could play in the middle. Though, I mean, I think the mid, I think the the attacking three behind Lukaku, I'm presuming, is going to be the I would the, assume the, so. the striker because yeah. he's actually he's actually scored some goals. Yeah, actually, hold on. The goal that I saw him score was from about three inches away. Three, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josie range. Um, no, 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 no. Fellaini I would, starts. I, I would say Benteke range, but he missed from that distance. Right. Um, but uh, but no, I think it would be Mertens, Hazard, and De Bruyne. Behind Lukaku, which is scary. So you don't think Fellaini starts? If he does, it would be further back. So Witzel doesn't start? No, I think it, I think it's going to be Witzel and Nangalon. Right, and not Fellaini. I don't think so. I think Fellaini comes on as a right. uh, you know him yeah you know, personification of Plan B. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All yeah. right. Okay. And for Germany, someone who I know that Arsenal wants desperately, Leroy Sané. Mm. Uh, I don't. It, it, I, my my note was this: if he starts for Germany, I start him on DraftKings no matter what the cost. Wow! And I don't think it'll be very high. Well, that's because he's not going to start. But yeah, 
he I I think he's the next big thing in terms of winners. Okay. Wow. I think him him and uh, Kingsley Coman, who uh, who is next on my list. Okay. So Kingsley Coman for for France. Um, I don't think he'll play. But he's another guy. He, I I compare him to Martial, who I think will play. But I think he's younger, faster, and better. Uh, is he that much younger? I mean, Martial's no. not that old, so. No, but I think I, actually I think they're the same age. They, yeah, he just looks a lot younger. Coleman's really good. Um, and yeah, it, the um, sure Juventus was uh very unhappy that Coleman was the guy who set up the the goal that sunk him in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, that was a loan though, wasn't it? Did they get him back? Was it an option to buy? I think it's. Uh, I'm not positive. I think it's a two-year loan. Mm. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah the the issue that I have with Germany is are they basically relying on Mario Gomez like as their as main? the backup for Thomas Mueller? And Mueller's, Mueller's not really like a true center he forward. Do he can do it, but I, I feel like they. They have a, t- a few too many uh, creators and not enough finishers. Well, that's, I mean, I think Mueller's going to play up front. Yeah. False nine. Ugh. They won the World Cup with it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I think they're, they're the most solid team, one to 11. Well, actually, you know, but you know, they got some injuries recently. Yeah, Rudiger wasn't going to play, which no. is unfortunate because Chelsea were just about to sign him. But mm-hmm. um, you know, he's out for a year or so with the Looks ACL. Like it, yeah, um, like Hummels and, is hurt, and Hummels is—he's going to miss the first game or two, right? Uh, and then Gundogan's out, uh, right? So, and um, Getz or Goethe, however you want to. Oh, and Royce it is banged up. Royce is Royce out. Is yeah, here. Schweinsteiger's banged up. They have, uh, I, and I and I still think that they're going to be okay. Okay. Right. They also have a great youth, great youth in that team. Hmm. Um, okay, uh, I want to try and do this by position here because I'm in the midfield. So we talked about Merrick Hamshick already. We also talked about. Uh, we also talked about yeah, nope, Ricardo Rodriguez, the defender that we talked about already. Okay, so I have two more midfielders here to talk about. Andre Yarmolenko for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a big uh, Champions big, League. Uh, yeah. Pick. Yep. Big Champions because he hits crosses and he yeah. scores. Yeah. And they I open. Think, they I, open with Germany, which is not the ideal situation. Not the ideal. <laughs> no. No. But I mean, he'll have two. He'll have at least two more games. Yeah. But he's the. He's the guy. I, you know, what? even against Germany, I think. I, I, I think that even against Germany, he'll still get some crosses in. I don't think that's too much to ask. And for Croatia, uh, Ivan Perisic, mm-hmm. who plays for Inter Milan. Mm-hmm. They've got, I think, as good as he is, I think Rakitic is going to be the top fantasy producer. Yeah, today. and uh, you have Modric too. Modric, Rakitic, and Perisic in the midfield, which is a great midfield. It's really good. <laughs> well, only they had a striker. Mandzukic. Uh, if only they had a striker. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. He loves finishing in second place, that man, Zukic. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> second right. place finish would, would be pretty good for yeah, Croatia. Yeah, that would be good for Croatia. Yeah. You know what? Never mind. I'm changing. <laughs> um, all right. So 
those are the last of my midfielders, and I have three defenders that I would like to talk about. We wow. talked about two of them, unfortunately, Ben Davis and Ricardo Rodriguez. Who, mm-hmm. like I said, if these are the players that the, you know, I'm probably going to pay whatever price it is to have them on my team. Yeah, Rodriguez is the is like the 2014-15 Trippier line. Like he gets really involved in the attack. Yep, and I think he'll take penalties if they get any. Maybe he's like peak Leighton Baines. Can we can we go that far? Yeah. There's talk fair. about him going to Arsenal to replace Nacho Monreal. Yeah, yep. Needless to say, great. I got very excited think, about that. I think he can go to, even if not, Nacho Monreal was still there, he'd be replacing Nacho Monreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the last but not least is Rafael Guerrero of Portugal. Okay. He scores and gets assists and takes set pieces for his club. but He's not going to do that for Portugal. He won't do that. No, I think, <laughs> no, 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 no. He may take left-footed free kicks. Okay. I was reading that even Ronaldo recognizes the skill. Mm. He can recognize it on tape while Ronaldo takes the. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) To the extent of which that matters on the pitch, we don't know. How far, how good do you think Spain is? Like you said, they're going to come back with a Costa shows up. Right. Well, he's not showing up. He'll be in the stands, but. Precisely. So. Um, I mean, Murata is really good. I, I'm aware. And Adarit's had a decent season. I can't imagine Nolito. I think Spain there. is still in transition. I think they will peak at the next World Cup. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. That's fair. That's you, fair. And, and I think that the next job for Rafa Benitez will be the Spain job. Hmm. Hmm. They've got some questions in goal all of a sudden. Yeah, let's talk about that, shall we? Let's end this on a real up note. Uh, well, we it it'll be funny when this is all like sorted out by the time people listen to the podcast. But basically, there's talk that David de Gea is being sent home in light of some sexual Alleged. assault allegations. Alleged. Well, I call them allegations. Oh, Apparently, funny. there are a number of Spain players, and that this happens before every big tournament. So who knows? But um, well, it happened to France, and look what happened there. Uh, that's true. There's happened much earlier than that, but uh, I'm just I'm just saying yeah, that that's why Ben's you know, let, not let, here. Let, let's not take this lightly. Mm-hmm. No, but they. I are, didn't mean that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Um, but does that make a difference? What if he doesn't play? Like he's obviously one of the best keepers in the world, but like, does that change your opinion of Spain at all? I I'm biased because I I think goalkeepers in soccer are ne- next to useless. Right. All they all they do is line up the wall. And everything else, they can't get blamed for because most of the time the shots are just better than they are. Yeah, I, yeah, that's sort of how I feel about it. Um, I mean, obviously he's really good, but ultimately you're not going to not win Euros because you've got, who would it be, Sergio Rico? Or it's not, couldn't possibly be Casillas, right? That might change my opinion if it's him. Oh, really? And why would that change your opinion? Well, he stinks. That's why. Why does he stink? Oh, I what, think Rico what, is a serviceable what replacement. Makes him stand out from other goalkeepers that make. That, well, that he's been he's good. been poor for years. I think he, he just keeps had saying the, the same sentence over and over. Again. I think why he had the happen? worst statistical season for a Porto goalkeeper like in the club's history, going back like eight hundred years. Like, but how much of that is on him versus how much of that is on the defense? Well, when you sign him and there's a serviceable or a noticeable drop with no real defensive changes, I think it's 
well, defensive personnel changes, but what about on the – I mean, this is the thing about goalkeepers. It's hard to separate what's their fault and what's the defense's fault. I mean, if, if you know, a defender falls down and it's a one-on-one, I mean, the goalkeeper saves that, what, 10% of the time? Depends if Cavani's taking the shot or not. Oh, my goodness gracious. We'll save that on that one. Or, you know, Solomon Rondo's not very good at those either. Anyway, they're not the same category of player. doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe they are in the same category, and that's the problem with Cavani. Maybe we're I'll, all you know what? lying you know what? to each other. I wouldn't not for 59 million, but I would take I would I would take him for I would take him for 25 million pounds. Absolutely I would. Who? Absolutely. Cavani. Oh, I think he meant Rondon. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what? No, no, I would take him for 2.5 to 3 million. Hmm. Factor of 10. Who does Germany beat in the final? Which is kind of ridiculous to do that since the the draw Belgium. after the uh or not the draw, but Belgium. Belgium. Okay. For this one reason alone, uh, the same city played itself in the Champions League final, so why not have the same flag virtually play itself in the <laughs> Euro final? Uh. <laughs> and on that note, Hoop, we will end this episode of the Roto Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Leave them on a high note, Andrew. There's no wonder people listen to us. That's right. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer.